Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sam the SLB, and alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Vince McMahon's voice of reason, Scott. We are coming to you from Above the Ring Ship. It's the premier wrestling podcast covering all things from AEW to WWE worldwide. We're coming to you on Monday morning, Turner time. <laughs> what are we doing this morning? <laughs> we are doing great. It's that nice little adjustment for Turner time. It's good times, good times indeed. Sam, another fantastic week of wrestling has rolled by. Let's get chatting about it. Let's get chatting about it. Before we do so, guys, make sure that you check out Scott's Raw Review, NXT Narrative, and SmackDown Study that drops on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively. And we opened up the interview series once again. The Catch a View from Above the Ring is back. I interviewed my good friend Jesse Martineau. And uh, we took some stock in uh, some wrestlers for the next year. So make sure you go back and go check that one out as well. It is an interview worth listening to. It's great to get the, like we had uh, Davian on, but it's also great to talk to other fr- uh, friends who are passionate about the great sport of professional wrestling. So what we want to do is we're going to, you know, tighten things up a little bit here. We want to kind of go through these cards because every time Scott and I, we have these conversations and we're like, oh yeah, we got a show coming got like 20 shows coming up so i'm gonna go give you a quick lowdown of you know the big shows coming up over the next month um i had something else to say it didn't really matter though because we're going right into the calendar (laughs) um it is february so this past weekend there was power trip we will be talking about that shortly from nwa uh, currently we have on on the 15th, we have NXT Vengeance Day. Scott will be covering that, live tweeting it, and we'll have an NXT narrative over it. Yes, sir. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has a supercard for NG, uh, New Japan Strong called Rivals. On the 19th, it's loaded in Saudi Arabia. We have Elimination Chamber on Impact. We have No Surrender. AAA has its Ray to Raise event. And then New Japan holds its two days New Year's Gold in series in Sapporo. The 26th, we have MLW Superfight. The 1st of March. God, this is a great year for New Japan. The 50th anniversary show. Nice. Looking forward to this. The 5th, we have Impact Sacrifice. The 6th, what could be t- potentially another legendary show by AEW Revolution. And the 12th, we do have GCW Astronaut. So that's the next month worth of wrestling. Want to bring mm. that up. Want to keep everyone in the loop. Even though we don't get to watch, we want to make sure that the wrestling community is involved and knows what's going on in this crazy, incredible, golden age renaissance of professional wrestling, if I do say so myself. I know. I agree. I also want to make sure that people are aware that there will be yet another pre and post show for AEW's Revolution as another point in the Ship It Studios Wrestling Heavyweight Championship contendership is on the line. As of right now, with our Current scoring, both myself and the Riddler are tied at three points apiece. Sam has got two, and Mr. Zach has one. So there's still time, because WrestleMania is the last event, and those are worth two points, one for each night. So the championship is up for grabs still. I'm excited to see who's going to walk away with that title. Yeah, it'll be pretty exciting when I'm holding it over my shoulder, as we all know how this is going to yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sam likes to talk a lot of smack, but right now he's 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 a little behind, and you know, this fat boy's beating you in a race, my friend. Come on. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna have my Wardlow come out and just help me take out everybody. That's I'll how it works. Bomb everybody to death. Because <laughs> I'm shorter than you, and you know it. 
Perfect. Wow, that's a t-shirt idea. Right? Yep. Okay. So let's hop right into it. Let's let's knock out the only WWE piece of news we have this week. Um former Ring of Honor Women's World Champion Roxy has just been offered a WWE contract. Um there's not much I know about this. I know she was offered and she did have two tryouts. Yep. I don't think I mean, she's, she's accepted this yet. Uh I don't believe I don't believe so. I haven't seen anything. I know she's 22, so I mean, even if she's there for a few years, she's fine. I know a lot of the, a lot of the internet community is 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 on edge about it because obviously, it's cool to hate WWE right now. So even if she's there for four years, she'd still be 26 when she leaves. She's still in her prime. She's still she's still got plenty of time to go. So what confuses me, Scott, is around the same time. WWE has made this argument that they're moving away from indie wrestlers. Mm -hmm. But on occasion, they are still picking up one here and there. Correct. I'm really curious to see what makes them determine, hey, we actually want this person who is on the indie scene. I think if they're on fire, like taking over, like making waves, and if they're young. If they're young, then WWE can still go in and, I wouldn't say manipulate them, but can kind of... Teach them how to use how to do everything the WWE way of thing uh, way of doing things. So, yeah, and that was so another talent that I know that WWE is interested in right now is Jade Cargill. Even yes. after everything she's done, and she did I, try out before she went to AEW. I'm not sure if you listened to the Talk Is Jericho podcast, but she was I, I on did there. Not yet, but no, I mean that doesn't surprise me. So she's already they're interested in her, but she already was offered a contract. This is just an interesting tidbit. Um, she said they were very nice, very helpful, whatnot. She said it got weird when it came to the contract itself because she was like, okay, so you know you have a family, you have kids. Who's going to take care of them? Because we're your family now. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I get that in a sense of you want to be in a family-esque style environment, but that's supposed to include your family that you already have. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It just... It's it's nice to have that alternate now. Like you don't have to go to WWE. You can go anywhere else and still make good money and still be able to provide for your family. So, I mean, honestly, I'm happy Jade's in AEW because I I honestly feel she may have gotten lost after a little bit in WWE. You know what she would have happened? She would have potentially been in Hit Row and gotten released. That's, That's the thing where possible. she would have fit. Speaking of, now that you mentioned that, that brought something up. Speaking of um, other talented women, BFAB apparently has said that there is interest for a hit, hit row reunion to take on the acclaimed in AEW. Can you imagine that promo war alone? I, I, I need it, Scott. I, oh my god, I need it. I need that. <laughs> like I know we like to talk the news out before we before we go into the the podcast. But when you mentioned that, I was like, oh shit! I just remembered this. This would be a fun tidbit. <laughs> yeah, this. I, I'm really curious. I'm super curious right now. What's going to happen there? That'd be cool though. I'm all in. I'm yeah. all in. Even if it's a one off thing, like I'm okay. 
Yep. Everybody knows who Hit Row is because they were all amazing. And then, well, we all know what happened. So, yeah. So, you know, that, this is pretty much what our whole news section is about today. Um, we'll go through these quickly. Uh, Nick Cage signed a new multi-year exclusive contract with GCW. Um, no word on the length. Um, I don't really see too much information on that one. Um, on Impact, which we'll get to, former WWE star Connor showed up and took on Josh Alexander. Uh, I don't know what his official uh, status is there. Killer Cross is returning to MLW later on in the month. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I don't know if he's signing or if he's just doing tapings or whatnot. Wait a minute. I think it was like he's going to return at Super Fight 2022. Okay. Um, that's insignificant. I pulled up another article that's insignificant. Um, X Pac is making a comeback to GCW with Joey Janela to take on Matt Cardona and um, Brian Myers. That's which is interesting. Fun. Have you seen the poster for that? That GCW poster? No, I haven't. Okay, so interestingly enough, it's literally him in his D Generation X gear with a green um the green um heart monitor lying oh. behind him. And I'm like, it's not really trademarked, but it's kind of like one of those. Yeah. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm like yeah. super it it looks cool and it's super exciting, but I'm also well, like when they had the pay-per-view, when and when he came out, he came out to, like, the heavy rock edition of DX's music. And I was like, I know this song. <laughs> they must not have the copyright to that anymore. I guess then. not. Either that or he didn't give a shit. <laughs> um, why, what are they going to do? Go after them? Like, just... Well, it, it's, WWE, it's WWE, Sam. We all know they will. <laughs> yeah. I got to find that. I'm going to have to find this poster and send it to you. I was just, like, shocked. I'm like, oh, here it is. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Take a look at that. It's coming up right now. I'm not cutting this out, folks. Christ. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, like, close. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Um, on top of all that, and I know I'm jumping around, um, Impact Wrestling, and Scott knows a little more about this, is re- uh, bringing back their gut check tryout at the Arnold Classic. Yeah, they used to have this way back in the day when I was actually able to watch Impact Wrestling. Uh, they just would they bring, bring people in. Uh, they most likely would have a match versus an established star, and if they did well, you know, they would they would get you know uh, like a, I think it was a either a short term contract or 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 something, and they would come in for a while, and if they survived. They they were they were fine. If not, then well, they were let go. But no, it's it's nice to see Impact once again. Doing things like this, bringing in new talent uh, and getting, you know, trying to get themselves to, to you know, continue to rise on that, that that ladder of the big wrestling companies out there. Yeah, so it'll be exciting. I think a lot of these other companies, especially with with WWE changing their model and saying that they're not going to sign any talent, people who have not gone to WWE or who 
don't have any intent or who wanted to but no longer can't because they're not going to sign them. This uh, WWE is still the front runner. So mm. when their model changes, everyone else's model is going to have to change. So if WWE is like, yeah, we you can't we're not signing any talent anymore, that pretty much shuts the door for everyone else. So now really everyone else has to go, okay, we need to adapt. Luckily, there's AEW. Impact is really starting to make its moves. Mm-hmm. New Japan has been like really gaining ground in the States. Like I think they have a, a pay-per-view in Minnesota coming up. Nice. Yes, for Strong. Well, no, yeah. Because Strong also have one in Chicago, too. Or that already Chicago, happened. Chicago. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so, Fox is going to be there, so that should be interesting. So you have all these other options now because you can't, you know, WWE. It it literally, it's like Nintendo. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use this analogy. Um, Nintendo's not going anywhere in regards to video games. Okay, right. You know, people want to talk about console wars, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, PC or Sony or Microsoft, Nintendo's gar-. look." Nintendo has been the innovator. For years, they're the company that saved the industry in the 80s. It's true. Without Nintendo, we wouldn't have video games as we know them today in our country, if not the world. It's very true. So even though they do make consoles, and even though the Switch may be the weakest console on the market, in terms of hardware power. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of hardware power, I'm not talking about – because I'll tell you right now. They own the best first-party market. Mm. I don't care what anyone says. Mario, Pokemon, Kirby, Zelda, uh, we could go on. They have the strongest first-party market. Mm. They really don't need to bring other third parties in, and they do. They do. Mm-hmm. And the console is now the best-selling Nintendo console of all time. It has outsold the Wii. <clears throat> so now, you know... Everyone else is trying to, like, do their own thing. You know, you have Valve doing their own thing. You have all these other companies trying to do other things. You know, they're all in this console war together. Yeah. Nintendo doesn't have to partake. So, like, WWE, they kind of, like, they're both two separate entities that have removed themselves from, you know, what do you want to say, competition or whatnot. But by doing so, other companies have to figure out and readjust. You know, the more I thought about that, I don't know if that was even a good comparison, but I think I I think. I agree with you. No, it does. Um, but the only the only thing I guess I have to like comment on is that while WWE right now it may be in the you know in the lead, they need to be conscientious of what's going on outside of them because if they don't, then they can find themselves you know irrelevant. Maybe not quickly, but eventually. So they need to make sure they they keep their eyes on what's going on. And this goes back to the demographic. This goes back to the demo, the demo, the 18 to 49, because I I did see some tweets from people this week where everyone was like, you know, they put the the, the raw and the SmackDown numbers against the AEW numbers. Yep. And everyone's like, yeah, see, WWE still, you know, they they put the acknowledge him Roman Reigns photo and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, you, you still have nothing. And I'm like, there's still a lot of a lot of their demographic is still 49 plus. Yeah. Okay, that demographic is going to get old and at some point no longer be with us. The 18 to 49 demo is going to be around longer. It will become that demo as well. It's just how things work. So 
you're right. It's very important to be relevant. Now, I'm not saying you need to change everything because sometimes change isn't always a good thing. But True. yeah, so what you know, WWE may be pulling in 2 million compared to AEW's like 900,000. AEW's still running the demo. Yep. AEW's the show who's on a Wednesday. They're topping the Nelson charts. Yep. Against against M- NBA games, against NHL games. The WWE is, yeah, they're pulling in two million, but also they'll go up against Monday Night Football and a lot of news broadcasts that go on. And they're yeah. still like down here. Yeah. So logistics that Scott and I like to talk about. We could have a whole podcast on logistics, but no, it's good to be relevant, good to be smart. Right now, I'm. There are pros and cons, and it's, I don't think it's as bad because I wasn't around, but I've seen enough where this is almost like WWE is going back into like its 1995 era slowly. Not as bad. Not as bad. The talent's, the talent's a lot better uh, than it mm-hmm. was back then. Um, I mean, I kind of understand where you're, where you're, where you're going to, where you're going, and I, I can agree. Um, they're very just. Treading water. They're not really mm-hmm. doing much. They really don't have a challenger. I mean, if they keep releasing all these megastars that end up going to other places to do really well, yes, they're going to... Part of me still feels that this is all just one big ploy by WWE, that they're just doing this to flood the market to be able to get everybody else to move up because competition is good. Competition makes everybody happy. Yeah, I, I get that. But also, I mean, I, maybe maybe it's kind of like the football thing where I've seen, like, football teams will, like, I think the Dolphins did it at one point where, recently, where they they were purposely, they were, like, bad. And the reason they were bad was so they could just start rebuilding their team. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely possible. Um, yeah, this this could be that, that version of, you know, tanking. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it tanking for for WWE. I think it's a lot of. Um, there's been a lot of politics and stuff going on with them. I know recently everybody's been, you know, everybody who's been released has pretty much been a Triple H guy, and unfortunately that happened with a lot of good talent. So now they're able to start shining other places, and WWE will just continue steaming along because that's what they do. Yeah, we will have to see what happens. You know, again, most of AEW has happened throughout the COVID era. So hopefully once everything uplifts, we will, I think, we will see truly what the independent scene and what AEW and what New Japan are going to be able to do once everything is said and done. That being said... Where is it? We had another signing that actually I wanted you to talk about because you you literally brought it up beforehand, and I'm really curious. I think this is something we need to keep an eye on. You look at me like, yep, yep don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we, we have a lot of things we want to talk about, Sam. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the Nick Wayne signing. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, um, I, I went on Twitter this morning and um, just scrolling through before the show just to see because – 
we always like to talk about a new segment and then all of a sudden stuff happens while we're recording or right after we're recording and you never seem to, to end up, you know, we always miss it. <laughs> but I, there was a one video that I, I happened to stop upon. Um, it was a video of Darby Allen uh, giving this 16-year-old prodigy of professional wrestling, Nick Wayne, a contract to AEW. And I was like, oh, who is this kid? Looked up some of his matches real quick, and this kid's got it. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, this is a great steal for AEW. Um, It's nice to them to bring in such a young talent, especially at 16. This kid's already insane. So... I don't know how long before he ends up on TV, but once this kid shows up on television, he's going to be quite special. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look into some of his stuff. I'm actually curious, especially to go that far as to sign a 16 year old when you have all yeah. this other talent out there. Yep. You don't do this. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. There's a method behind his madness. But... Yeah. So with that being said, the last bit of news we want to talk about has to do with our uh, the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Yes. I'm super, super curious again, you know, with what Ring of Honor is going to do. Mm. And I think we're definitely going to have to cover Supercard of Honor when it comes out. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I definitely plan on buying that pay-per-view just to see where things go. Um, Special Hall of Famer episode of Ring of Honor featuring all the inductees airs on TV the weekend of the March 5th. But anyways, so March 5th, we'll have that. So our newest inductee is actually going to be potentially, you know, uh, probably the best wrestler of the past year, I would argue. Um, Brian Danielson. Yeah, his his ROH stuff is insane. Um, what was it? Somebody had sent me a match like a long time ago and he was involved he was involved with it and it was my first real taste of ROH and it was absolutely insane so after that I, I went on like a crusade to try to find where ROH is playing on television and so I could be able to watch it and that's how I got introduced to like people like Kevin Steen and you know I just <sighs> I was like, ah, oh, why? Why couldn't I find this when I was a little younger so I could watch it more? <laughs> but, yeah, it was just some good stuff. So that's that's a huge accolade for him. And um, I'm interested to see what his speech is going to be. If he's going to be in character like he is in AEW or... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Are we going to have the inductee have somebody come... In induct them like WWE does, or do you think we just kind of had like do like a uh, one person just kind of like calls them out and inducts them? That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe Punk might be a good one to introduce him because they had some legendary fights. Um, just trying to think who else, maybe some old Joe could make a surprise return for that. I think that would be interesting as well. It will be. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Add that to our calendar of stuff we don't have time to watch. Well, let's get into this. This week's Dynamite was exciting. 
was, yeah, <laughs> that's a word. <laughs> this was exciting. There was a lot that had happened. Even last week's was good, but this one was even like, did I say to you this week and last week where I was like, why does it feel like I'm watching a raw after mania? We were texting about that. Yeah. You said that last week. Yeah. And this one was, you know, not short of it. So first and foremost, of course, what better way to start off the show than good old MJF. <laughs> 15 minutes of him cutting a promo on how he defeated the best in the world. Yep. We needed this more than yeah. 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 It was on I mean His heat is so real right now. Yep. And where he is in this, I, I don't even know what. It, like we've, I've said what I've said. We've said what we've said. Yep. He's only getting better. He's only getting bigger. He needs a title. That's yep. all I'm saying. Yep. Made his intentions known that he's time for him to go for a title, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Now, does this eventually, eventually lead to the inevitable? MJF versus Adam Cole to see who takes on Hangman Adam Page. Do we want to talk about Pinnacle versus the Elite? Or does the Elite have too much already going on in its own place? Or would it would it be pen, would it be Pinnacle and Elite? Well, yeah, I guess at that point, yeah. At that point, because you would still need five other you still need two other people, which would be Fish and O'Reilly. Yep. Well, I mean, there is another name that you could throw in there, but we'll talk about that momentarily. We will. We will. But anyways, we had, I believe, yeah, um, he did come out. CM Punk came out. Mm-hmm. And he had and friends. He, wa- he had friends. <laughs> and he wanted a tag match. Which we will talk about later, because this was something that, Okay, when you the way it happened mm. was super exciting because it's not what I expected, right? Um, but I don't. There's nothing else I need to say about this promo. This promo was fire. He's where he needs to be, and he's gonna continue going up. Yep, I, I did like the fact that MJF thanked Sean Spears for for the reason why he won the match and not Wardlow when Wardlow <laughs> clearly threw. The diamond ring to Adam for the hit. Yeah. So I like that little seed that's continuing to grow because mm-hmm. when Wardlow finally goes off on MJF, he's going to easily be the biggest baby face in AEW. He's going to be a mod. Like I've said this for, he has, he has the, the energy of somebody would have had during the ruthless aggression era. Yes. Like, he, you know, like, you know, his energy reminds me of Batista. No, that's exactly it. Like when Batista became his own own man. Yep. Absolutely. Well, like even when Randy Orton kind of stepped by, you know, stepped away, or just just when somebody from the ruthless aggression era no longer became a an apprentice. Right. And then became a monster. Yep. That's what I'm getting with this, yep. and I think that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. 
following that, we actually had Wardlow take on the Blade, which is a pretty wasn't bad. I, I thought I thought this would be a squash, but it was not. Yeah, I mean, you kind of. I'm glad that they didn't squash Blade because, you know, he's a mid a good mid Carter, so you shouldn't destroy him. But yeah, I mean, Wardlow eventually, obviously, getting the win. And then, of course, Sean Spears has to steal a little bit of that spotlight and uh, take the chair to the back of Blade. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no, that's a... Uh... Well, my microphone comes out. <laughs> that's where we're at today, folks. <laughs> Technical difficulties everywhere. So, we're... This is coming to a head. Mm. And again, I'm glad that we haven't just had it happen yet. But you know they're building up the steam for this train. It could be revolution. It could be. Or it could be double or nothing. Mm, yeah. Maybe he caught. Ooh. See, now oh, right now, now we're going to have to fantasy the book a little bit here. So say it doesn't happen in revolution. And we'll say maybe Hangman holds on to the title versus Cole. You go to double or nothing, what you said is next. Wardlow costs MJF the championship. And then here you go. The possibilities, the possibilities. Yeah. Maybe Wardlow throws the diamond ring in the ring and Hangman grabs it first. Like it's like it lands between both of them, that type of thing. Could be that. Could do that. And then, how about this? How about this? After that happens, remember, we're in the year three of AEW right now. All these other contracts are coming up. Yep. What if Wardlow's contract comes up and he signs a new one? But it's not with MJF. That's true, because then he could fire him. And Wardlow's like, that doesn't matter. I signed a contract with AEW. And my first opponent is you. There it is, boom. <sighs> I'm gonna bask in that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna bask in that. Um, I'm trying to remember. Nope, it was at the top of the hour when the rest of this happened. Yep. Um, I, I do like the little backstage segment with uh, Andrade and Sting and Darby. Yep. Finally met Darby's boss. <laughs> Yeah, that was – there's a lot of good segments tonight. This is what I'm talking about. It felt like a mania after – a raw after mania. Yeah. Um, following that, we had – I believe the Inner Circle team meeting came first, which is fine. We'll, we'll stick with that. The article yeah. I'm, I'm trying to recall right now, which was a good promo. You know, this is kind of what I expected. I mean, we yeah. have another meeting next week, technically. Um, but a swerve, if you will. Mm. At the end of this, with Sammy's like, I've quit once, I'll quit again. Figure yep. your shit out. Yep. So now it's um, Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and Hager next week. And we'll see if the boys come back together or if this is truly the end of the inner circle. It's, I'm... it's... No, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm... I, I almost hope that 
Santana and Ortiz win here. And I say that because they definitely they definitely need a title run in this company. Mm. No, I agree. Um, I I do expect them to win. It's just what happens after that, like immediately after that. Do they shake hands? Do they just walk away? Do they continue to attack Jericho after the fact? I don't know. Will Hager turn on Jericho? There's a lot of variables in this, and I'm very interested to see what happens. And honestly, Sammy, Sammy doesn't need to be in this anymore. Sammy can just go off and just be the whatever undisputed TNT champion and just let him do his thing. He has enough. So this is the thing with Sammy, though, I will say. Because we've seen bits and pieces of the inner circle, I totally forget he's part of the inner circle half the time. So I think he's good. I think he's good to go. Yeah, he is fine. He's winning at life. He's TNT champion and he's dating Tay Conte. I mean, seriously. The inner, cir- the inner circle did for him what it needs to do. Correct. I don't think he would be where he is today without them. Probably not. Nope, I agree. I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong. He is great. He's incredible in the ring. He's great on the mic. But mm-hmm. I think he was a, this allowed him to elevate to the status he needed to be. Sometimes you need that. Yeah, Kevin Owens. I, I, I will always go back to Kevin Owens. Likes Kevin Owens. I thought his mic skills were okay. But then when you did that whole, he was with Jericho for that run. Mm-hmm. I think he, he went through the roof. Yep. And he's been he's been unstoppable ever since. Yep. Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives a much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. (sighs) Scott, let's talk about the meat and potatoes. (laughs) We have some meat and we have some potatoes we need to talk about. There, there were plenty of both in this match. Right? There were plenty of both. In, in, so, in first and, <laughs> so first and foremost, and I think Scott and I, we might slightly disagree on this, but to me, this may have been the most, the more shocking part of the show mm. out of these two bits. So we have the backstage because we have Rapongi Vice taking on the Young Bucks on Rampage yep. on Friday. And the Bucks and Adam Cole are attacking Trent just beforehand because he had surgery. I mean, you always attack the guy who had surgery. Of course. So that's going on. And then Adam Cole comes out and says, you know, Adam Cole goes, stop, hold a second. And you just see a figure in a black jacket stand in front of the camera with scratches on the back. Let's simply say Switchblade. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we have from New Japan Pro Wrestling the leader. Keep this in mind. This is not a former. This is the leader of the Bullet Club. The current acting former 
no, the current acting leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White, in AEW. It's a big deal. This is big, especially since, you know, the elite really got their name. Kenny, the Bucks, Hangman, Cody, all of them were part of the Bullet Club. Actually, Kenny led them. Kelly, Kenny was the leader for a while. Yep. In AEW. This is, I did not see this coming. I know he's been touring the States because it's difficult to get in Japan right now because they're right. up and down with the COVID stuff. Yep. So he's been doing a lot in strong, a lot with impact and whatnot. But we want to talk about him quickly. For those of you who don't know, I will emphasize he is the acting head of the Bullet Club. He was actually part of Chaos, which is Kazuchika Okada's uh, group. Um, he is a – he has worked for Ring of Honor. He's worked for Red Pro Wrestling. He was a young lion, lion in 2013. That's, I think, where he got a start. Yep, 2013. Um, former IWGP heavyweight champion, IWGP intercontinental champion, and never weight openweight champion, making him the fifth New Japan Triple Crown wrestler and the first New Japan Grand Slam champion. Nice. Um, yeah, he's out of New Zealand. He's only only 29, so he still has a lot of mm. a lot ahead. Um, most of his career has been in Japan and only recently he's been on impact yep. and now he's on AEW. This, we, Scott and I had this discussion. We're trying to figure out, is this something we want to talk about? We figured most of the people who listen to the show know who Jay Watt is, but there's always going to be one person who doesn't know. And I think it's very important, especially when they're coming over from Japan. Cause I had a friend of me of mine, asked me who Jay White was. Sad. And I was like, Okay, WWE might have the the what's the what what, are the, what I just said it earlier with Roman Reigns. Acknowledge him. Yes. Yes, acknowledge Roman Reigns. But also Bullet Club. Yep. Leader of Bullet Club. Arguably yep. the biggest faction in professional wrestling. Arguably. So that happened. Yep. Folks, okay. Following that, we had the... What did we say? Um, so face of the revolution qualifying match. It was Isaiah Cassidy versus a mystery opponent. Yep, and there was a lot of... There were rumors going on. There was a lot of who it could be, who it might be. They were definitely signing. It was confirmed they would be signing mm-hmm. and slamming the door shut. Yep. The forbidden door. Yep. And music kicked on. And again, it's different when you watch it on TV as of being there. All you saw was... Oh, what was, it? What's, what was, what was on the screen? <laughs> he is limitless. Yep. And folks, bask in his glory, Keith Lee is here. We bask once again, and I'm getting chills just thinking of this. I've actually listened to his theme song like four times this morning. <laughs> I actually, when I first heard it, I was like, it's not as good as his other one because he wasn't rapping. And I found out that the reason why he didn't rap his theme this time is because he was getting married. So, also, congratulations to him and Mia Yim for their nuptials. Limitless. 
Yes, the limitless com- uh, couple has arrived. Um, I'm waiting for her to get signed by AEW next. Um, she will bring some definite credibility to that promotion. Um, but going back and listening to it again and again, I actually really like it. It fits him well. If they eventually redo it and have him rap his lyrics, and that'll be amazing as always. But just seeing him on television again, it just made me so happy. I missed this man on my television set. This is somebody who... Okay. There are the WWE guys who come over. I'm going to put them in two camps. You have the WWE guys who come over. Brian Danielson, CM Punk, John Moxley. You know, people whose careers pretty much were most of that when they were in WWE. And then you have the NXT guys. You know, Adam Cole, um, Red Dragon, um, and Keith. Okay. Keith, to me, not that Adam Cole didn't. His was very special. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee felt like when he came out, it was like Brian Danielson or CM Punk or John Moxley. Like it felt like, like he 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 was meant to be up here. Yep. So and it was cool. He he wrestled Isaiah Cassidy, and also again another non squash. Yeah. This was a great. Great match. I think it gives Cassie a little more, you know. Yeah, we need to see pr- more private party. Love how they brought the bouncer back, by the way, for the entrance. Mm, yes. Um, Lee got the win. I'm I cannot wait. He's that ladder match is gonna be batshit crazy. AEW... I also love that that's a thing now. Mm-hmm. They're bringing this and it's gonna be a yearly thing. I'm all for it. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. They need to, AEW definitely needs it. And I know, okay, contracts are coming up. So people are not re-signing. People are going to the end, whatever they're doing. Okay. AEW definitely needs to figure out a, a good rotation because their roster is stacked right now. Yep. And there's not a person I don't want to see wrestle, but there's also a lot of people I don't get to see wrestle who I want to see wrestle. Right. So they need to figure out a strong way to get these guys rotated. WWE used to do it in their day. Keep that in mind. When they had run SmackDown during the Ruthless Aggression Hour, I think their rotation was fire. Yep. You got to see the best of everybody almost all the time. Yep. And this is what AEW needs to do right now, especially after signing Keith Lee. Mm. So following that... The hits just keep on coming for this episode. Yo, CM Punk went in his tag tag match against FTR in this. Yep. And I really wasn't even like thinking twice. I'm just like, okay, Darby's coming out because again, I'm I'm watching some kids with my well, friend. To 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 backtrack a little bit, um, MJF had said during his interview that Punk could find any tag team partner, or he could have any tag team partner except Darby and Sting. So yeah, it had to be somebody else. So, so yeah, my. So I'm watching this. My volume is almost low, so right. I can't hear most of this. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's Darby because I can't hear. I meant to go back and watch the pro- the promo again before this episode, but I did not. But I did put the volume up because I saw him standing there. 
And then the camera cuts to the crowd. And boom. Moxley's coming. Yep. And I, this was the chill I didn't know I was I needed with this happening. Like I saw it and I really like it clicked and I'm like <gasps> oh. <laughs> I was just like, let's go. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. This was I love this. I loved this match. Um, you got to see the you know Moxley and CM Punk, great singles wrestlers, but they understand tag team dynamics. Yeah. You know, they implemented their finishers together. Mm-hmm. They just FTR looked great. Uh, you know, Punk and Mox got, got the W. So not only is Punk still feuding with the pinnacle here, Moxley's now involved, and Moxley is a wrecking crew. Yep. And <laughs> and Moxley still has his oh how do I want to put this like an open conversation with Brian Danielson mm-hmm. about if he wants to join that. So oh god, <laughs> there's so much that could be happening, and oh Jesus, yeah, it's 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 a nice feeling to be excited to want to know what's happening next week. And it's been a while. Like it's been consistent for me when it comes to AEW, how I can't wait to see what happens on next week's show. WWE will do that in spurts for me, but the, the sheer consistency that AEW has been doing this to me lately is just, it makes me so happy to be a fan again. It's I'm that's the thing. And I know there are certain segments you'll hit me up and you'll tell me like, Sam, you got to go back and watch this. I need you to take this. There's this bit you need to watch where I think every time I watch something on AEW, whatever storyline it is, there are definitely ones that we've talked about where like, that's a little weird. Yeah. But I'll see it play out. Yep. But there's a lot of them where just like, what the, where is this fucking going? Yeah. Where's this going? Sorry, I've just realized my voice is starting to sound like we're on NPR right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to Above the Ring on NPR. I am Sam, and this is Scott. <laughs> so, quickly, we went over to a TBS championship match. Mm-hmm. Jade Cargill, you know, that bitch show. Taking on AQA. Another quick, uh, quick up-to-date kind of speed with people. Um, AQA was in NXT as Zyda Raymer. She's actually a trainee at Booker T's. Oh, I wish I had it in front of me right now. Reality of Wrestling, I think. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I think you're right. Um, new signee. She did sign. Um, somebody looking into this was this was actually a good match. This was yep. done really well. Um, after listening to the talk is Jericho, and I know there are people out there who don't like Jade. But listen to her podcast, and there's a lot of respect for this woman. Mm. Even though people are like, well, she's not a wrestler. She's not that good. Listen. Go listen to her. Yep. She's not dumb. She's very nope. smart. Yep. Very strong. She's, what's her bachelor's in? She has a degree in something. I was just like, wow. Okay. I, just, I was just like. It wouldn't surprise me if it was like psychology or something like that. I don't I think know. I have it's not up in front of me, so. 
yeah so i just want to let what i'm kind of getting here is like i know a lot of people were kind of iffy it's like oh i don't like you know you know this is like a nobody i'm about jade cargill she's definitely now she's growing on me scott and i were kind of like uh the dark order Dark Order and Jade Cargill off the bat, we were both like, nope. Mm, yeah, that no, that, that is that is that is very true. Yeah, it was a little. I'm like, who is this person? Where is she coming from? Like, it's just I don't know. Like, she's obviously still super green, and it was just like, eh. But we and we talk, we discussed this like in multiple podcasts about how I I don't get her. I don't understand what she's doing, uh, and then all of a sudden they put her with Smart Mark Sterling. And then all of a sudden things started to click and I'm like, she just needed an actual mouthpiece, someone who could really build her up. And then she kept getting better in the ring. And now I'm just like a Jade match. I'm like, all right, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So following that, we have the professor Serena Deeb do a quick squash. Um, I'm curious where this goes. This is something where like, there's a lot of Serena going on right now. And I'm just like, I love it. I love it. I I still I need a Serena Deeb and CM Punk moment on on TV. I need it. Straight Edge Society reunites. I need it. They could have done that when they had what uh, Doc Gallo still. Yep. I just need it. Just once. Just give it to me once. Like even just walking by one another in the like in the back. Just something. Just to acknowledge it, just to be, because, oh, my God, it was so good back then. I love Serena Deeb. I love what she's doing. I love that she's in a spotlight now and doing this five-minute rookie challenges. That's fantastic. Yeah, she squashed Katie Arquette. It, it literally uh, 59 seconds. I can't wait to see whoever lasts five minutes with this woman is going to be a superstar. Just mark my words. Whoever it's going to be. Serena Deeb is going to make her look like a million dollars. And I can't wait to see who that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So. Last week, we got that 40-minute MJF and CM Punk match. Yep. And then this week, we come to like the 20-minute mark on the show. With 20 minutes left. And we got the Texas Death match for the AEW title. Oh, and I'm thinking to myself, shit. well, I'm thinking to myself, Mike, we only got 20 minutes. Are you going to be able to make something happen in 20 minutes? <laughs> because I want, like, like this is, again, this is a pay-per-view caliber match. Oh, my God. That was about to happen. And I'm like, you can't do this in 20 minutes. And boy, they fucking showed me. I just couldn't. Lance Archer, and I know Nick Gage is like the king of the death match right now, but Lance Archer, like, you 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 tell me Lance Archer is going to be in a death match, I'm there. Yep. I don't care if I'm involved and I lose. Like, <laughs> sweet, let's go. I have no wrestling skills, but if Lance Archer, this match was unprecedented. The amount of blood that these two men lost in this match would make Ric Flair blush. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just... Like, I, I feel like I'm numb to, like, 
this, these bloody matches now. It's like literally every week. And I love the fact that, and I, and I know he had to have done this on purpose and I just snorted on the podcast, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, Adam Page sends out a tweet after this match. He goes, I'm tired of bleeding every month. <laughs> 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 I'll I'll let y'all go find that and go look at the comments. Some of the greatest shit I've ever seen on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I I love this. I loved every bit of this. I'm glad they're doing what they're doing. <sighs> this was insanity, and and you know what? I'm gonna I'm going to call out. I'm going to call out somebody, and I don't remember if it was on a podcast. I won't say their name. But if they're listening, I'm calling you out. I remember when Kenny Omega and Adam Page were going up against the title, and said individual said, I know they're trying to push Page, but everyone wants to see Kenny. You know, I don't know if Paige can, you know, is there yet to where it's going to be exciting and he can put on bangers all the time. We all get weary like that because that is a big challenge to take on title, the title and do that. Mm-hmm. Hangman has not just met. Hangman is exceeding these expectations. Holy shit, yes. And we haven't seen him on a pay-per-view yet doing nope. this. <laughs> If his next opponent is Adam Cole at Revolution, Sam, I don't know if I'm going to make it through that match. You might have to have the ambulance on standby. Because his heart's going to be all about that boom. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even... Just, oh my God. I, 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 I don't have words for how insane if that's what happens that match is going to be Scott we have like let's okay we just went through the calendar that is my maps I do not want maps I want calendar (laughs) we have what three weeks less than three weeks from when this podcast drops I don't know if it was that on a Saturday or Sunday. Revolution? Yeah. Not sure. Probably a Saturday. Wouldn't surprise me. Hopefully it is. Well, anyways, this match was great. Paige got the win. Go back and watch this, guys. Guys, don't don't sleep on Paige. I don't care that he's not. And I again we love Kenny. Kenny is the man. But don't sleep on him. <sighs> So quickly, we're going to jump over to Thursday before we hop into Friday night. Um, Josh Alexander opens the show with, I believe, Big Con, formerly Connor of the Ascension mm-hmm. WWE, takes him on. Uh, Deanna Prazo had an open challenge. Mickey James took on Chelsea Green with Green getting the win via DQ. Members of Bullet Club spoke. I'm literally just reading the Bleacher Report. There's like almost no matches on this card. Um, <laughs> Rhino <laughs> Rich Swan took on Honor No More. The OGK, pretty much. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. With Mike Bennett, with you know OGK getting the win. 
No DQ match. Brian Myers taking on W. Morrissey with Morrissey getting the win. Oh, that was the last match. Oh, I need to get back on this. I ha- It's funny. I DVR Impact every week. I wish I could. Well, we're going to hop over to Rampage. This is interesting. So this episode, when they were going through the card, I was like, look, like I thought I was watching Dynamite for a moment because there was a lot that happened within mm. this hour. Yeah. I like that they're like talking so much information into an hour show now. It's great. So opening match was the Young Bucks taking on Rapongi Vice. Ladies and gentlemen, New Japan is actively taking over AEW. This was a fun match, an awesome match. There's a reason. If you guys have never seen what these, and again, the Bucks are probably one of the best tag teams in the world, hands down. And I know people are like, well, they don't get to see them as much. And da, da, da. I go, go watch them at the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. There's a reason these guys have been to seven Tokyo Domes, mostly for titles. They're not nobodies. Right. Same thing with Rapongi Vice, Trent Barretta, and Rocky Romero. They're not nobodies. They've actually beaten the Bucks multiple times. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of they've had a lot of bouts together. Yep. Um. One of my favorite moments in this match I do got to bring up is we – well, we had a couple moments. First and foremost, Orange Cassidy got involved and then crawled into the ring, and then the Bucks went looking, and a thumb comes out, and, and they grab Orange Cassidy, only to reveal that is their good boy, Zahnhausen. Immediately places a curse on the Bucks. <laughs> I love that, like Jericho. Like, <laughs> I'm listening to Jericho's commentary, and like the moment he does the, Jericho's like, "Ah, oh, watch out! He's very evil. He's very nice, but he's very evil." <laughs> Good job selling by Jericho. I like it. I like um, it. so we had that. We ended up having, I believe, the Bucks got the win on this one. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think Cassie got in the ring after Trank got pinned, and you know, at one point Trent got up. Only for Jay White to come out and throw his finisher on. I forgot what his finisher is called. It's not the Blade right Runner. The Blade Runner, yeah. Which now, folks, not only do we have the leader of the Bullet Club in AEW, I'm going to emphasize this. We do not just have the leader of the Bullet Club in AEW. We have the leader of the Bullet Club wrestling on AEW TV next week. What is happening in this world? Amazing things, Sam. Amazing things. In the words of my boy, Christopher Walken. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we got the the Bullet Club, you know, in AEW. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um. Following that, we had uh, Dr. Burt Baker. That was not English. Dr. Burt Baker, DMD, taking on Robin Renegade. I'm not familiar with her. Um, I don't know if she's re- if this was it. Was this her AEW debut? Um, her Rampage debut, I believe. I think she's yep. had one match on Dark or Elevation. Um, but funny part of this before we before you get into the into the match itself, her sister. Had actually, because she's actually part of a twin sister tag team, um, 
her sister put out like one of those like you know go go kick butt type of um tweets about her sister but she had an unfortunate um typo and she said that you know she wants her 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 sister robin to go lick some ass and i'm just like say what <laughs> so that blew up for a little bit um the memes coming out of that some of the greatest stuff also the internet always undefeated when it comes to stuff like that um but it actually helped robin's name kind of you know blow up a little bit um unfortunately really didn't help her in this match but it's uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with with both of them going forward yeah yep nope it's good it was solid we also had we also had um, Hook take on Blake Lee after this. Mm. Again, the format. <laughs> it's crazy. How good it's. I don't think I was. He debuted when I was hanging out in West Palm. So I didn't get mm. to watch him live. And I was seeing everybody say stuff about Hook. And I'm like. Again, I'll be a doubt in Thomas, and I'll be like, okay, there is no way that somebody can have that good of a debut match because everyone's going to make flaws. Everyone's going to – I try not to hop on a hype train. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. Yeah. It's safe to not hop on a hype train off the bat. Right. And then I saw this match, his yep. match, and I was like, they've mechanically crafted this kid. He's Taz's kid. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, but there are some people who are their father's kids who also need time to, like, work out their kinks. This kid doesn't need to work anything out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I, will, I, will, I will reiterate what I just said. He is Taz's kid. Taz has no kinks when he wrestled. So when, like, when I, I was like you, I was just like you, I was not on the hype train when he first came out, had his match versus Serpentico, and I'm just like, dude, this kid just killed him, holy shit, this is, okay, all right, I'm still gonna wait to see, because it's his first match, we'll see what happens, but he's had, I think, five matches, six matches so far, and he's looked incredible in every single one of them, this match alone, when Blake Lee did, I think it was a crossbody off the top, and Hook just walks away, I'm just like, oh, hello, young Samoa Joe. Like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, and he just has this swagger about him. And it's just like, God. For a while. Good. And again, I will I will jump back. When he was just hanging around, just being Taz's kid. Yeah. In Team Taz. I'm just like, and again, I'm not going to be critical. I don't want to be negative, but I was kind of like, okay, this is Taz's kid. He's just kind of like here to... He'll wrestle at some point, but okay. Right. He's just here because yeah. everything about him. Even if, when his theme song hits, it's nothing crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just like, like cool music and the crowd just eats it up. It's kind of like, you know what it reminds me of, Scott? You're going you're gonna to get chills. Thinking. It reminds me of the Sopranos theme. <sighs> like, you know how that's not really like a, like a it's just kind of like the same kind of pace. Yeah. But like you hear it and you like get like, yeah, like, okay, yep. Yep, yep, here we go. It's party time. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what they do with like he 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 has everything. He hasn't 
talked in the mic a lot. Doesn't need to. That's the best part about him. He does not need to. And if he needs to talk, he's got his dad. He doesn't need to talk. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's the gimmick he's going for. And that's fine. Um I, I again I wanna I wanna kinda plug um the interview I did with my friend Jesse because I talked about Hook for for a pretty good amount. Um talking about how I think this kid's gonna be a superstar. So go check it out. You'll, I think you'll agree with my assessment of Mr. Hook. I will definitely do that. Um, then last but not least, we had, again, another tag team or another group of people who we don't get to see a lot. The EW World Tag Team titles were on the line of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus taking on The Gun Club, Colton and Austin Gun. Hashtag ass boys. <laughs> I love the fact that they were chanting that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Here's another tag team who... Again, this is why I say... I'm not going to say they need to fire people. AEW needs to find a constant rotation with people because they looked great. We don't see get to see enough of them. I think this is the beginning of their rise, though. Because, yeah, they were undefeated forever on Dark and Elevation... And that's all good and fine. Then they get on AEW television and they lose their first match. So it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. But now, you know, they've worked their way back up, number one contenders, and they have this match and they were real good. So it's like, all right, maybe this is that time. They continue to move their way back up the charts and maybe eventually get another title shot. But I, I think this is, I don't think they get sent back to darker elevation after this match. No, I hope not. I hope not. This was this was fun. Like I said, they fit four matches, and all yeah. of them were pretty solid within that. Yeah, order. I like that. I mean, it's it's nice because normally you get like in WWE, you get two in an hour. So much talking. This rampage style wrestling, it's great. This week reminded me, and this is what I think the formula they need to start doing a little more. You pick up the pace on the shows a little bit. You don't have to rush the matches. Don't rush the matches. You pick up the pace. So what I felt like this week's was, and I'm going to compare it. Okay. Every so often, I will go back and watch an old episode of WCW Nitro. Yes. Pre-Vince Russo. Yes. Okay. Even the early episodes, you had a two, three-hour show live. Yep. Everything was like nonstop. Like it was like they, it was like literally you were watching something a lot like like must see TV live. We'd be like, oh, we gotta go in the back. This is going on, or you know, you know, so and so is coming out now. Like like the pace was a lot faster, and they were able to get yeah. a lot of people in. Yep, I also like the talker. Yeah, no, I also like the fact that they start these shows off with matches immediately. Like one half, like either both people are already in the ring, or both tag teams are already in. Like they, they, we don't need intros. We just go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Save I think they time. did that. I, I think they did that with either Dan, uh, Dynamite or Rampage this week. I think it was Rampage because Dynamite, yeah. remember, was MJF's. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah that was, I love that. that. Which I think this was one of the few times I've seen Dynamite open up where there was like a 15 minute vignette. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of talent. They, I, I just, if we're going to take things from WCW that were good, I think the pacing. Because there's definitely times where I'm like sitting there and I'm like, this is good. This is great. 
and some of the, some of this talent does need some like mic some mic skills definitely does yep. but you need to pick up the you need to start being like okay we need to pace things a little faster yep you know i get it that's just why probably everyone's in a faction so at least everyone dan Housen at least has a spot we haven't seen him wrestle yet on dynamite but he gets a spot yeah you know we still could see orange cassie wrestle a lot but when we do you know he still has time on the time on the camera mm-hmm. um i'd like to see more jay lethal we could just get more jay lethal you know we got keith lee coming in Yep. you know just come on you just need to bring up the pace more interviews um the the length of the times are the, the length of the shows are good mm-hmm. pacing critique of mine but scott we we got a lot that's still gonna happen and yep. there's excuse me there's a lot of seeds planned we got less than three weeks till revolution which is funny because we sit there and we just talk oh man we, we just talk aew and then all of a sudden you and i are like yeah hey, <laughs> time soon like <laughs> what yo yo coming quick I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bitch quickly, but I just, I could not imagine had you and I been doing this in 2017, where WWE thought it was good. I did have two pay per views a month. Yep. Like, I, I don't even know how we would have covered that. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, my wall would be like no. <laughs> Yeah, we even with the network, it's still like God. I don't have all this time. I have all this stuff I have to do too. But no. Yeah. I. But I say that, but we're also like covering like a bunch of stuff we don't watch, just to make sure it's relevant. Yep. People want to know. They don't have. Sometimes they're like us. They don't have time to watch everything. So we want to at least give them some. You know tidbits about what's going on. Maybe it'll pique their interest. Maybe they'll go back and take a look at the the pre-taped shows, especially for stuff like Impact. Um, I would love to be able to do that, but I, I work two full-time jobs and I'm going to school, so I don't have time. It sucks, well, but it is what it is. To the moon, Scott, as our good as our good buddy over at NXT says, Cam Grabs, Cam Grabs, <laughs> to the moon. Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. Also, don't forget to follow Ship It Studios, our partner. Uh, we do have a sponsorship. You probably heard the commercial somewhere in there um, for Riverside.fm. Uh, make sure you follow us, like, share, subscribe us on all social media platforms on your streaming device or whatever platform you listen to us on. Please uh, leave a comment, leave a review, tell us why. Ship It Studios and Above the Ring is a podcast of you're choosing and why they should listen to us as well. We've been Above the Ring. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, guys, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? 
Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.